Welcome to the Wits and Weights podcast, where we discuss getting strong and healthy with strength training and sustainable nutrition. I'm your host, Philip Pape, and in each episode, we examine strategies to help you achieve physical self-mastery through a healthy skepticism of the fitness industry and a commitment to consistent nutrition and training for sustainable results. Welcome to another episode of Wits and Weights. I think you're going to love my guest today because her expertise, her energy, positivity, ability to inspire are infectious. We know each other because she's a business coach of mine who's helped me serve clients and listeners better than I could ever have imagined and has impacted so many other clients and coaches during her career. Her name is Kate Bay Jaramillo, and Kate and I are going to chat about some of today's hot nutrition topics, such as specific diets for fat loss, health for women over 40, intermittent fasting, the importance of training, and the connection between mind and body when it comes to getting results. We'll also get into the business side of coaching a bit, if she lets me. Uh, Kate is a master fitness instructor, nutrition business coach, and cookbook author. She's the founder of Ketogenic Living 101 and the co-owner and director of client success at Beyond Macros. If you're a nutrition coach, check out their Facebook group called Online Nutrition Coach Community, hashtag ONCC where you can meet Kate firsthand and see all the great work she's doing. Most importantly, Kate is a loving wife and mother of four amazing children. In her spare time, Kate enjoys traveling, cooking, and coaching elementary cheerleading. Kate, I'm genuinely ecstatic that you're here. I'm looking forward to this conversation and trying to match your incredible energy. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on Wits and Weights. I've been like following you and watching you, and it's awesome. Yeah, let, let's start at the top, and then I'm sure we're going to have a great conversation. Just uh, you know how you got here, what your story is, and how you got into the space of of fitness, of nutrition, and now nutrition business coaching. So it all started with a spin class. Um, I used to work at the Greater Philadelphia Chamber of Commerce, and we had a company membership at the best gym in the city. Like it's where all the celebrities go and train when they're in town. So I got to meet some interesting people and watch them train. Um, but going that gym offered spin class and I had never done that before, but a coworker of mine was like, Oh, come to this class with me, dark lights, EDM music. And my heart is like pounding. I was like, Oh my gosh, I found my soulmate workout. So I did it for a few years and I was like, I should get certified in this because if I, listen, if all else falls apart, I could be a spin class DJ. <laughs> I really good like music in my classes. So I did that and I, you know, I was like teaching classes. And then after the birth of my first daughter, I didn't go back to work. I was like holding my little baby. I'm like, I can't leave you. I want to be with you all the time. So I didn't go back to my job and I just started teaching fitness classes and getting certified in additional formats. As you mentioned, I became a master trainer. So I was training the trainers in like Insanity and P90X. Mm -hmm. I was doing Pio and Turbo Kick. I was actually certified in Turbo Kick by the creator, Shalene Johnson, which was super cool. Um, and people would always ask me in my classes, you know, what should I eat before my class? What should I eat after my class? I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to build muscle, blah, blah, blah. And I was telling them what I did, but I felt like I needed to know more so that I could do more and give more. And I actually... My first certification in nutrition was through the Institute of Nutritional Leadership, which is run by uh, Dr. Josh Axe. And he was the one that actually turned me on to keto, the ketogenic lifestyle. Mm -hmm. The reason that he turned me on to it is because he said that this is, the, this is what he uses to help his clients who have been stuck break, break through weight loss plateaus, 
and lose weight quickly. Well, at this time I had had, you know, a group of women following me and there was like 20 of them that were completely stuck. So I reached out to them and I was like, Hey, like, um, I want to do something a little crazy. I want to coach you on something called keto. It flips everything that we know about nutrition up on its head, but I feel like it could work. So 10 of them said, yes. Um, I got nine of them to complete an eight week program with me. And the average amount that these women were losing was like 20 pounds. So I knew that I was onto something. Now, full disclosure, I did not have a weight loss goal, either, you know, good genetics Mm -hmm. or just working out a lot. I didn't have a weight loss goal, but what I found was a total increase in energy and mental clarity. I wasn't grabbing for that 2 p.m., 3 p.m. cup of coffee from my energy slump. So I really latched on to the ketogenic lifestyle and I coached more people and I was developing programs and I decided like, this is what I really want to focus on. So let me Google like keto coach certification. That's really what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing all this searching and I'm, I'm finding nothing. There was no specialty certification. So by this time I was pretty well connected in the health and fitness industry. I was working with a great mentor and I approached her and I was like, Hey, like this doesn't exist. And she's like, Oh my God, build it. I'll help you. <laughs> so that's what I did. And I, and I worked with people who were much smarter than me and we created together the first ketogenic coach certification. And it was the first one that was continuing education credit approved through that. I actually met my business partner, Matt, because I started writing certifications for other health and fitness companies. And we came together to collaborate on guiding other coaches in creating their own coaching programs, their own lifestyle programs, their own certifications. And the rest so far is history. <laughs> yeah, I love that. There's so much I didn't know about your history there. And it's funny how, you know, think if you had written that path for yourself, it would probably not looked anything like that no. to get where you are today, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. I went to school yeah. for broadcasting communications. Yeah. Like I worked in a TV station before I worked for the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> Got it. You know, I could see that. I could see you being on TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's cool. So you, you were, you were doing the spin class, you mm-hmm. branched off into some other areas of fitness, the insanity of P90X. Um, yeah. Not just organically clients, you know, saw you as a helpful person, I'm sure. And they started asking about nutrition and you found something that worked and, you know, we don't have to pussyfoot around it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of flexible nutrition and mm-hmm. individualizing your nutrition. And I have nothing against a specific diet if it's the right thing for people. Right. And so, um, you know, you discovered that it, it was helpful to folks and it led to kind of a broader mission, right, with Matt and with Now Beyond Macros to help coaches build that. So maybe maybe we segue into the next topic, which is what is the best diet? And it's kind of a setup, right? What is the best diet for weight loss or fat loss? Yeah, the best one is the one that you can follow that feels good for you. Mm-hmm. That's that's also helping you reach all of your health markers because something that I've learned throughout the years is that weight loss and weight gain are a side effect of something else that's going on in the body. So I learned so much about inflammation and toxicity um, and just like what and what we're putting into our bodies and the thoughts that we're having about what we're putting into our bodies and how all of the things are tied together, sleep and stress and movement, how it's all tied together. And 
I know for so many people, right? Like so many people have had a ton of success with keto. And what I noticed for myself was that I wanted to experiment a little bit more with carbohydrates and what my carb Mm -hmm. tolerance was. So this is really crazy, but like I told you, I didn't have a weight problem. I did have a sugar problem. I'm originally Mm -hmm. from Hershey, Pennsylvania, like where chocolate is made legit, like pictures of me as a child with chocolate milk in my bottle. Like we, and I grew up in a huge dessert family. Like we were always oh, yeah. eating desserts and snacks. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. Oh my God. Like one time I like made my boyfriend at the time, like drive to Seven Eleven with me in like the middle of the night. So I was like, I need chocolate milk. Like, so I really get the plight of people that have sugar issues. And, mm-hmm. um, I noticed that like, I, it was, this is really gross, but I was like in my thirties and I was like developing like, like little skin tags. I was like, ew, what is this? This is so gross. Is this like from hormones and babies and all the things? And I didn't realize at the time, but that can be a sign of pre-diabetes. Okay. So something that keto helped me with was managing that sugar addiction. Like I was able to break past it and the skin tags like disappeared, but I also wanted to start incorporating more carbohydrates into my diet. And the reason I wanted to do that was because, um, I just felt like I was, hitting walls with like teaching fitness. There was a time where I was teaching like 15 to 17 group fitness classes a week. Um, and especially if you're on the bike or if you're doing like really heavy cardio, cardio activities, like insanity, um, Mm. I just was like, I was gassed. Like I was starting to run out of energy. So I wanted to experiment with incorporating more carbohydrates, especially because I had moved past like the sugar addiction phase of my life. So I started doing this with like some, some carb cycling and I want to tell you, I hated it (laughs) because it required so much precision in like tracking and everything. So I know for some people who really love to look at numbers and feel really good about tracking and measuring and weighing something like that could work great for you. For me, it was not sustainable because that is not me. I like to eyeball things. I like to put stuff together and I love food, love food. And I don't want to just like restrict things all the time. So, um, the best diet, like that would have not been the best diet for me to follow. Mm -hmm. I gradually started just incorporating carbohydrates when I felt like I wanted them. And like knowing what I know about nutrition, I was using things like rice and sweet potatoes and regular potato and things like that. Um, and sometimes like just different beans and legumes and things like that. And I was fine. I didn't have cravings. I wasn't gaining weight. I felt really good. Um, I, then I just started to play with more protein and eating instead of eating like 70% fat, 25% protein, 5% carbs, really like playing with those numbers too, to a point where now I know that I'm eating like about a gram of protein per pound of body weight and carbs and fats. I don't really track. I don't track protein anymore either, but I got to a place where I was like, I don't need to track anything. I have a Rolodex Mm -hmm. of favorite foods and I eat pretty simply when I want to follow a recipe or get fancy. I do, but for the most part, I eat like protein and vegetables and fruit and some carbs for me. That is the most sustainable thing Mm -hmm. for anybody it's got to be food that they enjoy. Otherwise, you're never going to feel satisfied. Never. And you will always be looking for that thing that is going to satisfy your taste buds, right? And you will end up overeating. So it's sustainable because you enjoy it. You love the food that you're eating. It meets your lifestyle goals, right? Like 
some people have tons of time to food prep. Some do not. So like food, like you like the food, it meets your lifestyle goals and it makes you feel good in your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. That, I want to unpack all this because I'm just resonating with so much here, both personally and with clients. Mm-hmm. Um, you you went through a process of experimentation. And even though even though we could easily dismiss, you know, named diets uh, and people do that all the time. We go to extremes, right. Of either these are all terrible or the other extreme of everything's intuitive and you don't Mm -hmm. need any guidance whatsoever. Um, You like me, I I went through many of those diets and I'm glad I did because they teach you about what you like and don't, they broke your sugar addiction. It sounds like to some extent. And, And there were definitely some benefits of cutting things out, but it wasn't the process of cutting them out. It was you discovering what worked for you. And then, um, you know, for you, it was sustainable. So I really love that. And you, you realize that, hey, I need to perform now. So maybe mm-hmm. I need carbs back in because that's not working for me. Um, that, that's, that's amazing, um, Kate, because th- that's what we talk about all the time is tracking's not for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, specific foods aren't for everyone. And you've got to find what works for you. So that, that's a really great message. Um, the protein, I love how you throw the target out there, the one gram per pound. We all know that that's like the magic number we have to hit. Okay, so I'm I'm going on a lot here, but uh, the healthy dietary pattern and what works for you sound like the key messages here. Yeah, and the food that you yeah. like, right? Like, and, and the food that you like. Yes. Food that you like. Yes. Um, I remember somebody, someone in our family, my husband's family, had like yeah. he wanted to work with me on keto, and I'm I'm looking at all this food, right, and and also what he has access to, mm-hmm. uh, and it was mostly carbs, right? He was eating lots of like arepa and rice and beans mm-hmm. and things like that. And as I'm going through this with him and I'm asking him a lot of questions, like, would you be willing to not eat this? Or would you be willing to make your plate look like this? It came down to no, right? So it's like, okay, what could we, right? So like, what Mm -hmm. could we fill your plate with where we're adding in like things Mm -hmm. that we we are really going to fuel you and help your whole body become healthier? Yes. And that you like, and what could we kind of crowd out, not eliminate, but what what could we just crowd out a little bit? And what we found there was he was still able to put in rice and beans and arepa and like just leaner cuts of protein and making sure that we had vegetables. Mm -hmm. So what he originally came to me for, we didn't do at all because he never would have like truly. And I, and I say this with massive love, but he never would have been able to follow like a traditional ketogenic lifestyle approach. I would have been setting them up for failure. Right. Yeah. The crowding out is a huge thing. I've found that as well with protein. Uh, It was a pleasant side effect when you try to get Mm -hmm. 150 grams of protein that you start eating a lot more whole foods just because you can't help it. (laughs) Protein comes from animals and plants and it's hard to find that in packaged and processed foods, right? Yeah. So you just, okay, well, I only have so much on my plate for this. Um, Or if you really love things like desserts or alcohol or whatever you plan it in, you work it into your diet. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned food making you feel good too. It's funny because there's a, I'm actually coaching a, a teenager as one of my clients and oh, we're working no. on just habits, you know, not like tracking weight or anything. And, um, you know, one of her wins was now when I eat such and such, it just doesn't make me feel good because mm-hmm. she has transitioned into the things that make her feel good. Right. So a lot of people can resonate with that. And Maybe if you're listening and listening to Kate, um, if what you eat kind of makes you feel the same all the time, but you haven't met your goals, when you start to transition to a different 
dietary pattern, you might start feeling better and then realizing those things were keeping you kind of sluggish and not feeling great on a continual basis. Do you, yeah. you agree with that? Yeah, I totally do. And that really hits home with me because I have, I have three daughters and a son, like my son is mm-hmm. the youngest, he's the baby. And I always am, am very conscious of how I talk about food. Um, like I don't, I used to call f- food, good, bad, crap, junk, you know, mm, and yep. those things are, yeah. And like, that is so like disempowering mm-hmm. for my daughters. And I don't want them to think of food that way. So, um, we've transitioned into calling certain things like always food and sometimes food. Mm. Um, we do have a never food and it's fast food. Um, okay. like <laughs> if something, if like, you know, there was something really bad that was our only option, it's our only option, but well, you are the parent, you know, you can right, set some right, limits. Right, right, right. No, and it truly is like a never yeah. food for us. Like if we were right. like stranded and we needed something to eat, maybe, but, right. or I would probably pack it something anyway. But, um, so, and they're, they're great. They're totally on board with that. And they've been able to feel into their bodies a bit more too. Um, I love too what you said about how food, like just noticing how food makes you feel. Like if you're sluggish and if this is your, like, if this is how you're feeling a lot of the time, I think that so many people are used to feeling bad mm-hmm. that it's just like, it's their normal. Yeah. That's what I was trying to get at. Normal, yeah. Right. But mm-hmm. it's still not natural. Like right. we are not built to be like slow and sluggish and brain farty and all the things like we're truly built to like perform and to run thrive, yeah. and jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And love and have these amazing conversations with people. So if those are things that you cannot experience most of the days, then yeah, it's time to take a look at what you're putting in your body and your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Your body, your mind, you know, how you move and I, you know, take control, right? There, there are things we use as excuses and maybe, maybe I want to transition here into talking about a specific demographic that we wanted to chat about, which is Mm -hmm. women over 40. Yeah. Um, And many of my listeners are, many of my clients are, they're unique considerations for women over 40 because of dramatic changes in hormones, um, the pressures on their metabolism and muscle mass and bone density with age, uh, maybe recovery from training, which I know can differ between men and women a bit. Mm-hmm. So how can women over 40 prioritize and optimize their health yeah. to create this, this vibrant, you know, exciting new phase of life based on everything we're talking about? Yeah. Okay. So one of the things for me has definitely been like, as I shared earlier, protein and really like that has made such a huge difference in my life. And so I actually do a little bit of nutrition timing. So um, I do, mm-hmm. I strength and conditioning train and we can talk about this in a bit because I know you love how aligned you are but with the importance of like actually moving your body. So I do strength and conditioning training six days a week um, and you know, I stretch and I recover and it's all good. And I have a protein shake that I've it's like the same thing, but I have a protein shake after each of my training sessions and I put collagen in my coffee. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, those have made a really huge difference. So I would say, like you mentioned bone density, you mentioned recovery. Protein is really important for us. Um, it just is for all of those reasons. And it's going to fill us up and it's going to mitigate our cravings and it's going to help us reach our calorie goals. Because as I'm sure you know, from working with so many women, we have been sold on this deprivation dieting for so mm-hmm. long that we've been eating so little and it's crashed our metabolism. So you may have heard 
that, you know, eating like, oh, my clients are losing weight because they're eating more. Yes. And they're eating more of like of the proteins and the whole food sources. Mm-hmm. And in order to lose weight, they're still in a slight deficit, right? Yes. It's, that's so important because I'm like, oh, yeah, no, maybe like 2,500 calories now. It's like, cool, but I wonder if that's how many you burn. But right, mm-hmm. like you still have mm-hmm. to be in a deficit in order to lose weight and you have to be eating enough. And if you're super confused about this, talk to Philip. Um, yeah. well, no, we, 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 just real quick to break down kind of what you said about eating more and then not gaining or you are losing, right? There's there's not just the intake, there's the metabolism. And basically yeah. what you're saying is finally you're eating enough of the right things and the right amounts that you've recovered and actually burning more calories a day. So now your your, your metabolic furnace has outpaced the additional food. It's kind of the best of both worlds at that point. It truly is. Oh my gosh. It truly is. And when you start like revving that up and eating more, you're like, oh my God, like everything is so much better in my life. Right. Mm -hmm. And your body finally feels safe, right? It finally feels safe to actually release weight versus hibernate and just be like, oh no, I have to store everything because I don't know when you're going to feed me again. And I'm really scared. Right. So that is a really important thing for women over 40 as our hormones are changing. I want to mention intermittent fasting because it's not something that I do. And the reason I don't do it is because for me, for me personally, it slows me down. Like I notice that if I stretch and this is really like, so intermittent fasting is really just time restricted eating, right? And it's just Mm -hmm. giving our bodies time to rest and digest. For some, for some people, like a 16-8 window works really well. 16 hours of not eating anything and eight hours of eating things, right? Where you would eat all your calories and macronutrients in that time. That used to feel good for me. And then truly all of a sudden, it stopped feeling good for me. And I started feeling cold and sluggish. And those are signs that your thyroid is slowing down, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, ladies... When we hit like 40 plus, things are moving around, things are changing. Don't F with your thyroid. It controls lots and lots of like hormones and functions and things that make you like energized or not and yes. you know, things that affect your metabolism. So if you have been restricting your eating and you're feeling tired and sluggish and cold, you got to eat. Okay. You, mm-hmm. you need to eat a little bit more frequently. I have worked with other female clients who swear by fasting, and I noticed that these women are also very inflamed. So it could be from an autoimmune condition. It could be that they are like highly insulin resistant, which is like we can mm-hmm. call it pre-diabetic or diabetic type, type two. Um, so these are just things to like look out for once you hit that you know, 40 plus mark, when things start to change in your body, if you're noticing that your bones and your, your, your joints are aching, you're dealing with weight loss resistance and you can't pinpoint it. Your doctor tells you that your blood sugar is really high. Your triglycerides are really high. Doing a bit of time restricted eating may work great for you. However, if you have been doing this and you are feeling like I was feeling, that's not going to work for you, right? Like that's, it's simply not going to work. So more protein, eating enough to support your body, um, all really important, moving, 
moving, picking mm-hmm. up heavy things. We're not going to get bulky. Like that just doesn't happen, right? Like, um, but p- moving and doing strength training, resistance training, picking up heavy things. So you mentioned in my intro, like I coach elementary cheerleading. I like, they, they are constantly like their shoelaces are coming untied, right? Okay. And like so many of them are like, I don't know how to tie my shoe. I don't know how I do Anyways, like I'll they, get. They don't know down. how to double knot. <laughs> no, no. And so, like I think about this all the time. Like I crouch down really low, and I'm like in this deep squat, tying their shoe, and I'm standing right back up. And every time I do it, truly every time, which is multiple times a cheer practice, I'm thinking to myself how grateful I am for a body that is so functionally fit mm-hmm. in yeah. my 40s. Yeah. No, I, I love that. I do want to get into strength training. I just want to rewind a second and talk about some of the other things you mentioned. I think the yeah. the protein is not in dispute, although people could be listening for the first time and, and wondering, wow, I really need that much protein. And that's that's interesting. I didn't know it you know, mitigated cravings and all that. But you talked about time-restricted feeding and feeling cold, which that's pretty cool. I hadn't I hadn't heard that before. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. So I know when I'm, when I'm bulking and eating more, I just feel hot more often. Yeah. <laughs> and my wife who eats less just feels colder. So that's a pretty cool signal. And the other thing is just more generally, the thing you've been doing in your twenties and thirties may stop working mm-hmm. and don't, don't take for granted that, you know, your body's always changing. This goes for men too, but women especially and try something new, right? I, I lean gained for like eight years doing intermittent fasting and fasted mm-hmm. training. And I, I was stubbornly making the argument that I'm fine and I perform fine, but I know because when I got off of it, my lifts all went way up and I felt better that I should have not been doing it for all those years, you know? Yeah. Um, so just, just th- keep that in mind, what Kate's saying and try some different things. If you don't intermittent fast and you're struggling in some way, it could be a, a tool to try at the mm-hmm. same, you know, same way. So really cool stuff, Kate. Um, let's get into strength training. Yeah. Um, you know that it's pretty much a requirement of working with me for my clients that they have to so good. Not, all, not already be doing it, but a lot of them start with me. Um, and I know you're an advocate of the whole body wellness that we've just been touching on quite a bit. So I want to hear your take on the balance between nutrition and strength training. Um, you know, we know nothing is black and white. There's not like it's 80, 20 and this and that. Like, what do you <laughs> think of the balance there? I mean, I think it's, I think it's equally balanced. I truly do. I really feel like there's such a focus when we look at nutrition on like what to eat to lose weight Mm -hmm. instead of what to weight, what to eat to be healthy, how to move to be healthy, how to live to be healthy. And, um, I I've worked with people who have lost weight and they've, they've looked like skinny fat. There's been nothing else on them. And we don't, we don't want to feel that way. And we actually put ourselves at risk for injury. And ladies, Mm -hmm. let me tell you something, the more muscle you have, the more you can eat. Mm -hmm. Truly (laughs) like the more your body just, it needs, right. The more calories your body needs to just like function because your muscle is burning those calories. Like you mentioned, when you were bulking, you were eating a lot, you were feeling really hot, like a furnace Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely true. Yeah. And Okay. So when I have, like, I have lots of babies, I have nursed them all. And I've been one of those women. There's like 20% of women who like, they have like a layer, we have a layer of like insulation right around that spare tire area that no one loves. Um, and it, in when you're nursing, it actually doesn't go away. It's like there as a reserve for your baby. 
And that was me forever and ever. And I just, I was so frustrated because I was like, oh my God, I'm like eating really well. I'm moving. I'm like doing ab exercise. I'm training all around the places that I should be training. Like, what's up? Why don't I have a six pack? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was because of that. Now, like I have been strength and conditioning training for six days a week for like two and a half years. And now I'm just starting to see like Mm -hmm. that abdominal definition. So it's been such a lesson in patience for me and doing the things that like just celebrating my body all the time and what I'm capable of. And I feel like there's truly nothing more empowering than picking up something heavy and being like, oh, this is like lighter than it was yesterday or lighter than it was, you know, two weeks ago. Oh, wait, my like, my heavier dumbbells aren't feeling as heavy anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, let me size up. What a great way to like celebrate yourself and to like buy yourself new weights. I love feel that. like I love, love, love that. And just like we look for balances in our nutrition, we are looking for like ways to balance our workouts, right? Like we wouldn't do, or I wouldn't recommend doing like all cardio all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like that strength training, that resistance training, the thing that's building our muscles and ladies, which we need to protect our bones as we're getting older. Yes. And like, if we want to roll around and like play with our grandkids or run a marathon or just be able to travel the world and walk by foot and explore like those little, you know, like little alleyways and all of the things we have to get ourselves physically fit enough to do that. And the way that we're going to do that is a combination of what we're putting in our body and how we are moving. Hey, this is Philip Pape, and if you feel like you've put in effort to improve your health and fitness but aren't getting results, I invite you to apply for one-on-one coaching to make real progress and get the body you desire. We'll work together to figure out what's missing so you can look better, perform better, and feel better. Just go to witsandweights.com slash coaching to learn about my program and apply today. Now back to the episode. Uh, you, you just paint such a great picture for everyone of, of how strength increases your capability and your mm-hmm. longevity and your ability to enjoy life and pick up your kids. And like you said, you just feel stronger and more capable and empowered. And yeah. you're so right because, I mean, I have, I, I'm, I've learned more about being a coach about the other sex than I ever have in my life from just walking yeah. around as a dude of when it comes to how empowering strength training can be, really, mm-hmm. to to the point where you may have once, you know, obsessed over or worried a lot about your weight. And now it almost becomes an afterthought because now you're worried about your lifts or you're worried about, you know, your, your, how you feel in your clothes and and all these other things. So, um, yeah, it's a great message. Very positive. And you start to like, you start to focus on different parts of your body versus Mm -hmm. like how it looks, Mm -hmm. which we all have levels of vanity. Okay. Like, let's mm-hmm. just be sure. real here. Like we want to look a certain way. However, like when we are training our bodies like that and we're doing it consistently and we're feeling really good and confident, it changes what we look at. It changes mm-hmm. what we zoom in on when we are standing in front of the mirror naked. Right. Like yeah. where we sometimes will zoom in on like the love handles or wobbly bits. Then we start to look at like our calf muscles and our mm-hmm. back and our biceps. And we're just like, damn girl, you look good. Now, do you get also, let me ask for the female perspective. Um, you know, when I get lean, I feel, I feel great. And then as I start to put on weight building, you know, you start to get a little softer cause you have to, um, to add the muscle, but you don't necessarily 
care in a neg- like it's not a negative thing. You see that as this is contributing toward what's going to get revealed in the next fat loss phase. I don't know if you go through that or if it's like you're never quite enjoying being a little bit extra heavy, you know? I don't know that I ever really enjoy being extra heavier. Yeah. However, I think my mindset has shifted in I won't always look like this. I know how to mm. look like this. There right? you go. You can control it. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, I think like never feeling out of control, never feeling out of, and this is actually, as I'm talking about this out loud, it's a really big deal. Like I don't yeah. feel out of control in my body anymore at all. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a great message. Yeah. So mindset, um, there's a whole topic we can dive into as well yeah. because the mind is maybe the most powerful tool we have in this whole game of life. Right. And we could use it to our advantage. We could create results uh, in the kitchen, in the gym, in life, whatever we're talking about. Um, I guess one of the most valuable lessons that I've learned having you as a coach for my business are around what holds people back. And it's rarely like, it's rarely what they know, right? The things like consistency, accountability, um, self-love, aspiration, those are the things that hold people back, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's all up here is where I'm going. So how do we unleash that power of our mind if we haven't already kind of gotten into that to, to unleash our results? Yeah. So I know you know this and I love to talk about this, but there's a framework where you can really monitor mm-hmm. what, like what's going on in your brain. So it's the acronym is called STEER, situation, thought, emotion, action, result. A situation is always it, it, it just always exists, right? A situation is often something that we can't control. It just is. And so sometimes we have to create neutrality around the situation to not feel like a victim or feel out of control, okay? And sometimes we're put in situations mm-hmm. that are not our fault. Like if somebody, if we're driving a car and another car hits us mm-hmm. and we can't, you know, we broke our leg and we can't move for a little while, okay? Like that's an unwanted situation but there are still things that are within our control, right? So we never can, we, we don't, there's never a time that we have to look at this and say, and think there's nothing I can do. I'm hope, like there's, there's nothing I can do. I can't do anything. I'm a victim. Everything is bad because the emotion there is helplessness. And mm-hmm. I actually think that that is one of the lowest emotions that we can actually feel. Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to looking at our health and our weight, Sometimes like we look at our situation and we, um, you know, I missed a workout where I ate that sleeve of Oreos. That is a situation. The Mm -hmm. Oreos existed and you ate a sleeve of it. So your thought can either be, I suck. I'm a failure. I'm never going to lose weight. And then your emotion is again, like sadness, frustration, hopelessness. Your action might be to eat another sleeve of Oreos. Mm -hmm. Because you're in that effort moment, like nothing's going to change. And the result is you are further away from your goal than you ever were before. Or the situation is that you ate a sleeve of Oreos. And then your thought could be, that might not have been my best decision. It's probably going to move me further away from my goals. However, I can't change it. I'm going to do better. I'm going to make a choice to do better. And then your emotion could potentially become curiosity. How could I, how could I do better tomorrow? How could I do better in my next meal with my next choice. And then that action that the emotion inspires is like doing better, another choice, a better choice. And the result is that you get one step closer to your goal, right? So 
I believe that everything is powered by the mind, whether you are, whatever choices that you're making to eat, how you choose to move your body, how you, what time you choose to go to bed, what you choose to fill your mind with Mm -hmm. before you go to bed, what you choose to fill your mind with day to day, right? Like you could be in a situation. I know many of my clients have been when they've been around people who will say to them, you're you're just not going to lose weight. I mean, after 40, it's just not possible, right? Like, oh, after menopause, you could just forget it. You're going to smell a French fry and gain 15 pounds, Mm -hmm. right? And if you choose to believe that, then your actions and your results will create exactly what you're choosing to believe. Mm -hmm. Your brain will dictate everything else that happens. Or you could hear that and say, that's not true for me, right? Like nothing's gone wrong here and this isn't true for me. This is my body. This is how old I am. And this is what has is happening with my hormones. And once you, you can even create that like neutrality around like, yep, this is going on with my hormones and I'm going to choose to not make it a problem. So um, because I'm choosing not to make it a problem, I still feel hopeful. So the actions that I will take is I'm going to eat my protein, vegetables, and fruits. I'm going to move my body and I'm going to pick up heavy things. And the result that I'm going to be getting is I'm going to be able to pick scoop up my kids and walk all around Paris and see everything that I want to see and fill their passport full of stamps and have the best life that I could ever imagine. Okay. You're such a great storyteller and I love this framework. (laughs) No, I love it. I've heard you say it several times before and it's great to get it drilled back in because it's, it's very clear and it allows people to see from one end to the other, how this works. You know, I I imagine that uh, people that have let's say failed over and over through their endeavors mm-hmm. get conditioned to where it, it's harder and harder to pull out of that first step of the situation into the positive thought. And you have to, at some point have that conscious, you know, choice to do that. Like you said, mm-hmm. and this is where your support structure is important, as you mentioned, or not having the negative people around you that don't yeah. support you um, and where coaches can help where really anybody can help. So I love that. It's like a stoic philosophy. I love the stoics of, you know, control what you can and what you can't. So what, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So the steer model, everybody, situation, thought, emotion, action, result. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Cool. So I know some of my listeners are nutrition coaches like Mm -hmm. me. They probably love to hear some of your strategies for being successful as an online coach. Um, I've already learned a ton from you and the team at Beyond Macros. So I'm kind of digging a little bit deep for these on the client and the business side. Yeah. So the, the, the first one is just how can we balance the need for the individualized plans with standard evidence-based guidelines? So not even the, the keto and all the other things, but just things that we, we know on average are correct, quote unquote, correct, like the one gram per pound of protein, but a client comes along that it just, for whatever reason, it's not for them. Yeah. yeah. So I think like we always have to just be willing. You mentioned earlier that we are always like, we're experimenting. We're our own mm-hmm. experiments. So I think as nutrition coaches, we want to attract clients who are willing to experiment on themselves. Um, and I feel like that's really important to communicate in our messaging that just like there's just, there's simply no one size fits all approach. Like you and I are talking about protein and how important it is. And I also know that some people with severe kidney issues that are prone to kidney stones mm-hmm. and things like that do much better on a plant-based diet with much less protein, mm-hmm. right? So just it's, we as nutrition coaches need to be very open to the possibility that what we believe that we know is true 
isn't true for every client. And we have to be willing to be wrong and communicate that to our client as well. Like experiment together and learn together. One of my mentors says, now I haven't wrapped my brain around this completely yet, right? But she says, I love to fail. I love to fail. I don't love to fail. I actually hate to lose. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hate to lose. Even more than I love to win, I hate to lose. Mm -hmm. But I see where she's coming from, right? She loves to fail because she loves to learn. So like if we are working with a client who we we know, like, like, why are they not wrapping their heads around one gram of protein per body? Or why is this not working for them, right? We have to be willing to ask those deeper questions and figure out what it is. Are they open to getting a blood panel done? Are, yeah. are they, are we qualified to read their blood panel? Right. right? And some of us aren't, some of us <clears> aren't. <throat> I'm not right. Mm-hmm. Like I would have their, their GP, like read their blood work and then tell me, you know, what's going on with them. I've worked with clients who have in conjunction with their GP. I've had somebody that has stage four metastatic breast cancer. Right. And like, and she's had it for 25 years and we've worked together in conjunction with her doctor. Right. And a yeah. lot of the things that we know haven't worked. Don't work. Yeah, and actually, and actually, just similar to that, I, I know a hormone specialist, and she's just mm-hmm. awesome at hormones. She's like a yeah. coach who's awesome at hormones, and I'm not worried about competing with her because she's good at that, and I do what I do. Right. So we send people to each other. Yeah, you know. Do anyway. Keep going. Oh no, I was just going <laughs> to yeah. say, like, I have zero ego or, or around my yeah. scope of practice, and I'm so willing to learn with each client, and I have like. At this point in my mm. career, I've coached hundreds of people and not a single one of them has been exactly the same. Mm. Not a single one. True. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, that we learn together is is amazing because there are some coaches, I think, probably think there's like a um, a sphere of knowledge, you know, and then once you have that knowledge, you just kind of apply it. And, you know, I come right out with clients and like, look, I don't know this or here's what I think should work. Yeah. And then when we try it and nothing works exactly as I plan you know, you could take the approach in the steer model of having a negative emotion, you know, a negative thought of, mm-hmm. well, maybe I'm just not, you know, following the right information or, or what I know is wrong, or, hey, they just might be an outlier, or there might yeah. be something else going on. And this is our opportunity to diagnose and investigate with the other data we have. Yeah. So that's cool. yeah. And there's things sometimes that come up that like, it's so difficult for a client to actually be able to remedy. Okay, so I did like a toxicity and detox certification and I helped them like write, write their certification and learning about like amalgam fillings and things like that. Like, can I just tell you something? It is freaking expensive to get your amalgam fillings like removed, like, right. Like super expensive. So if we are working with a client who it comes up with like, they're like weight loss resistant because their body is filled with toxins and things like that. And they have amalgam fillings. You're like, Hey, you can get this removed. It's going to cost you like 10, some grand right? Like, and it's not something that they can do. Then we as coaches have to figure out, okay, like what, what else could we do? Mm. Like, what are some other workarounds? How else could we support client in removing toxins or, you know, is it just eating organic foods or, you know, like what else can we help them do? Yeah. Exactly. Or or maybe even if they're a little bit resistant to change in certain areas, like we talked about the Mm -hmm. non-negotiables, non-negotiables before, or maybe they don't have access to certain gym equipment, whatever. You're right. You have to be kind of uh, savvy enough to work with them and figure out another way. That might be not 100%. It might be 95% optimal or 90% optimal. Yeah, exactly. But like that is so much better than whatever it is that they were doing before. Yes. Yes. It's all relative for Mm -hmm. sure. 
Now, here's another one I have for you. What about clients who have disordered eating habits? And I mean, in their history, like, you know, a lot of us don't, wouldn't necessarily work with somebody who needs medical attention at the moment, but in the past, which is not uncommon, especially for women, I think, Mm -hmm. and body image concerns, right? Like, for example, I, I asked my clients to give me progress photos right at the beginning. And it's a red flag if they're hesitant, because that brings up some potential body image um, challenges and maybe a different approach we have to take. So maybe they're fixated on the scale. Maybe they can't, they don't like taking photos or they dealt with a disorder. What, how would you handle that? Yeah. So like you said, I think a lot of women have, I know I have, I mean, like, I feel <laughs> like so many of us have had some sort of disordered eating, like, right. If we counted mm-hmm. points or even macros or whatever it's been. Right. And, and so it's those, those thoughts of like failing or I can only eat so much or, oh my gosh, like there's not enough or there's too much. So I think that that's really where that thought work comes in. And sometimes we won't be able to help a client find like the thought that's going to like, just make them feel great about everything. And even though they're not losing any weight, really happy about the state of their body. Mm. And we don't always have to like reach for happiness and contentment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just being able to get to the thought that feels that makes them feel okay. Just okay. Right. And so again, circumstance, situation like scale is not moving. Scale is actually even going up. Okay. So your thought used to be, I'm feeling the world is ending. Nothing's working. Everything's broken. What if just the thought could be, it's working or nothing's gone wrong here. Nothing's gone wrong here. This is part of the process. Mm -hmm. This is just part of me learning more about what's going to work for my body eventually. Nothing's gone wrong here. Yes. And sometimes that's the most empowering thought that we can give someone who is really struggling with negative self-image or like a bit of disordered eating. Mm-hmm. And we as coaches also have to, if we do notice that it's getting to um, a point where they need a medical intervention mm-hmm. to be able to, to help our client right. find that help. Okay. No, this, is, this is great advice, Kate. Um, I want to respect your time. Maybe just a few more questions here. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what's the best way to measure the success of your business or your nutrition coaching program specifically so you can always be improving? Yeah. Well, so I look at this and go, what, what is success? Like, what does it mean for mm-hmm. each person? As I have grown in my business and evolved as an entrepreneur, I really look at my success as what's happening, like how I'm balancing my work and my life. Um, I have four children at different stages, like ages, you know, three, eight, 11, and 15. So their need for me really varies. Like, right. My Mm -hmm. younger ones really need me for like, like feeding them and just being able to like depend on me for all these life stuff. My older ones have a really big need for me emotionally. Um, So being able to be fully present with them is always going to be a huge win for me with my clients. I look at our, like, how are they feeling? Are they, are they making money in their businesses? Are they growing with their clients? Are their clients happy? Like I look at business in general, especially as you're growing as a nutrition coach, there are these four phases, right? And it is truly, they're happening all the time, but we can't move on until we've we've done the thing in, in each phase. And phase one is really attraction. And this is where you start building your audience. 
And then once your audience is built, you're actually generating leads from that audience. And audience building and lead generation can actually be two different things because you build and then you're generating leads from them. That's always happening, always happening, even when you become a waitlisted coach. Um, then the second, the second phase is your offer, like getting really clear on how you can make an offer to help someone and what that will look in your experience. If you're brand new and starting out, you may not know this, but in your experience, how long it could take a person who has been in a similar position to get their desired outcome, right? Like making those offers to help. And then, you know, that the third phase is enrolling them and enrolling clients consistently, being able to have a sales conversation that just coaches a client to make a decision, right? Because I find that so many people who are looking for to improve their health or to make a change in their health can be resistant to making mm. any decision or any commitment. So just being able to coach them to a yes or no is such a loving thing to do. And obviously we want to hopefully coach them to an enrollment and then the fourth phase is fulfillment, right? And that's where we are just delivering an amazing client experience where our clients are really happy. So I, when we're coaching our nutrition coaching clients, I look at how they're moving in, what they're doing in those four phases. I care a lot about the fulfillment side because mm -hmm. I want to make sure that their clients are experiencing a transformation, a breakthrough. Coaching yes. is a miracle. And when you can live in a breakthrough, oh God. Oh my God, it's life-changing, yeah. That's right? why we do this, yeah. That's why we do this, exactly. Yeah. Like, what if, what if none of our, like, money didn't depend on any of this. Like, what if, like, it was a volunteer role? What if we didn't put any pressure on ourselves and we mm -hmm. just were on a mission to allow people to receive the miracle of coaching and live in breakthrough? Like, what would that change for us, right? So when we focus on that and fulfillment, and allow like our clients to experience break and live in the miracle of coaching, then like the, we are retaining them as clients. We are getting referrals. Our businesses are growing. That's what I look for when we're coaching clients and helping mm -hmm. them determine their own success. It's not always like dollar related and number of sure. clients related for some it is, but that comes when we are coaching, when we are just the best coach for our clients. Sure. That's, that's a lagging indicator. Yeah. And I, I agree. I, I, one thing that turns me off the most about this industry is the business coaches who are just selling their programs based on how many K dollars you're going to make per month. You know, it's just yeah. turns me off. Just like I think a client, a nutrition coaching client is turned off often by the sleazy tactics of many coaches. Um, hopefully there's a lot more great coaches out there that we're all trying to develop. And you, you are trying to develop uh, a couple of things you mentioned, the, Com coaching a client to make the decision I mean, you effectively have you're effectively testing your skills as a coach in that process before they mm -hmm. even become your client right yeah. and so it should have that natural fit and then delivering the amazing experience you're right that ultimately is what it's all about because that mm -hmm. you know leads to this virtuous cycle so amazing people listening to this who are thinking of getting into it i think you know kate's an expert has been doing this for years and and it's just incredible um and you have a great approach to it as well so um, all right. So the penultimate question I'd like to ask all guests is what one question did you wish I had asked and what is your answer? Mm, okay. What, um, what I spend my day to day doing, eating and living, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, 
so because I, I love this. I love a, a, a behind the scenes peek at like how nutrition coaches are actually like what we're doing, like what we do, how we spend our day to day. So I typically wake up at about five a.m. I work out downstairs at home. I have mm-hmm. like I have not gone to a gym since I stopped working in them as, mm-hmm. <laughs> as, a, as an instructor. So I love being able to walk downstairs. I get a workout in, then I'll feed my animals. And then I work on feeding the kids. So I, I cook for my kids every single meal, right? Like they always have a hot breakfast. They always have lunch. They always have dinner, right? So I'm preparing meals for everyone. Then like I'll make my coffee and I have a protein shake. Um, I'm sitting, I'm working on my computer. I'm having a lot of zoom calls and discussions. Um, I always, I am really blessed that I work from home because I can make a fresh lunch every day and listen, like our lunch, like super simple. I, I wrote three cookbooks, so I do love mm-hmm. recipes, but I don't follow them anymore. Mm-hmm. I just don't like, I just find that like we eat a lot of, I like look for different deals on different proteins each week. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, great, that sounds good. I know how to make that. Mix it up, yeah. <laughs> right. And then we make that with like a different vegetable. And like, we usually have tons of different fruits to eat. And then same thing at dinner time. My husband actually doesn't eat dinner because he has like an issue with his esophagus that it doesn't like the flap doesn't like really close. So he used to get really mm-hmm. bad acid reflux, which he just cannot eat past a certain time. So he's like a grazer in the evening. So I really have to make sure that there's fresh fruit available for him. Otherwise he will go straight for like plantain chips or something <laughs> that he does not need to be like eating a bunch of. By the way, we should talk about that throat issue because I have something similar. And uh, maybe after we're done recording, uh, chat about that. Yeah. 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 Oh, my gosh. It's so interesting. Um, Yeah. And then so make the kids dinner. Sometimes I'm coaching cheerleading. Um, And then we all just like hang out and I'm helping them with a bit unsuccessfully, like with homework. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then my kids are in bed at like eight and I'm in bed by like nine. And that's my day. And I'm so happy with this lifestyle. I remember being so much younger and like, it was a Friday night. It was like midnight. I'm like, this is when we go out. Cause this is when like, nobody goes out before midnight. Yeah. Right. And now like on a Friday, oh my gosh. Like, like when I can be home from picking up all the kids activities and stuff and like in my pajamas by five, I hear you. It is like the best thing. I hear you. You know, those partying <laughs> days are over. It's okay. You know, life, life has a different priorities now. So exactly. uh, it's crazy. It's um, really a, a balanced schedule you have and, and handling the four kids of all different ages. Cause I have two girls that are really close in age. So mm-hmm. we're kind of going along with their phase of life, but you hear just rotating through uh, all the yeah. different phases. Yeah. Well, let me what, be what clear. Kind of, there are no yeah. more babies. Okay. <laughs> what animals do you have, by the way? So we have two dogs, a cat, and like a bunch of fish. We used to have this really cool frog that would like swim all around the fish tank. I think he was actually like eating some of the fish because they would weirdly disappear. And he like had this very tragic ending. I think he like jumped out of the tank. My cat ate him. Um, But like, yeah. So we have, yeah, like the dogs and the cats. And like you're a Miami boy. So, you know, like I have random outside pets that I didn't ask for. But the the chameleon and and iguanas, they'll pace back and forth or like they like sit and stare at me i'm like ew you guys are so gross oh no i hear you now now we have bears and raccoons and that stuff up here listen i would rather have the fuzzy things yeah right yeah um as long as they don't eat all your chickens like they did with ours last spring yeah Yeah. anyway all right so kate it's been a lot of fun i could talk to you forever but um i want to 
ask you the last question. Where, where can listeners find out about you and your work? So the best way to like find, follow and connect with me is, um, in the online nutrition coach community. I'm in there all the time. Um, I'm popping in like usually daily, just chatting with people. And like, if you're not a nutrition coach and you just like feel like you want to chat with me, um, you can find me on my personal Facebook page. Like I literally do respond to all messages and it's just Kate Bay had a meal and how to meal is spelled like Jaramillo. It's like Smith in Columbia. <laughs> there you go. I'll put it in the show notes. People will find you. No worries. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure I talk about you a lot with folks, especially my fellow coaches. Um, awesome. But it's been a pleasure, Kate. Really, it has been. Uh, we could, you know, definitely do it again with a million other topics. So you <laughs> thank, know, thank you, so you again for, for coming me. on. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. Before you go, I have a quick favor to ask. If you enjoy the podcast, let me know by leaving a five-star review in Apple Podcasts and telling others about the show. Thanks again for joining me, Philip Pape, in this episode of Wits and Weights. I'll see you next time, and stay strong. Hey, before you go, I want to let you know about a free resource I have. They are free guides on everything from fat loss to eating out to building muscle to managing hunger to figuring out the best macros for you and more being added all the time. You want to get the most out of these podcasts and your time to look and feel your best. And these free guides will give you a quick and easy way to know what to do. If you want to get your hands on these completely free guides, you can head over to witsandweights.com slash free. That's witsandweights.com slash free to get your free guides and level up your results today.